and Matt. We're an interracial couple with two kids wanting to do something that highlights the power of friendship and what it means to be in the company of true friends. We're going to move our society away and out of the loneliness epidemic and into a friendlier, happier world. Welcome to our friendly world. Better, stronger, together. Testing one, two, three. I'm ready to go. Okay, let's right, rock. Go. I have things on my mind, and I don't want to lose it because yesterday I said, let's talk about this on the show. With outbursts. With, with, with the outbursts that I have been having that I was holding in for a few days. Mm-hmm. So let's get going before I lose my nerve or just lose it. Like, whatever. I don't Yes, I don't ma'am. Um, all right. If you're How bound, about a quick hello? You're bound to disappoint everybody at some point. So don't worry about it. When people say they're disappointed in you, the disappointed friend, not only that, today it's not about the disappointing friend or, um, um, well, maybe disappointing friend, that could be you. We're going to use ourselves as an example to talk about what we're talking about today to really convey the message out there that you're bound to disappoint others in life, okay? It has very little to do with you is is my understanding because I'll tell you the whole thing and we're going to use ourselves as the example. Matt is leaning back and kind of bracing himself. Story time. Because it's mostly about him today. Um, bear with me. So it's not just the disappointed friend. It is the self-absorbed friend, the distraught friend, the born... Okay, I'm going to put this in quotes. Quote, born of an older generation, unquote, friend. The quote stuck in the old way, unquote, friend. All right, here we go. So, like I said, living life, living your authentic life, living what you think is right for you and your immediate surroundings from your perspective. No one else can see your perspective but you. So, when you make decisions based on that, and it's not to say that you don't, you're a, you're not caring about other people or other situations you know most of us are and that's what makes some decisions so gut-wrenching that's why certain situations in life are so hard and you waste a lot of time going back and forth because you do see the other perspective but no one very few people especially these days have the capacity to put themselves in your shoes and really understand where you're coming from to have compassion not only for themselves but for you and why you're making the decisions that you're making so saying that that's one of the reasons why people get disappointed when you realize really You are responsible for your life. You are responsible for the decisions that you make. You are responsible for seeing your perspective. And you have to live by that. And there are consequences. So what does that really mean? They're disappointed in themselves. The people that are mad at you. They're disappointed in their own life situations. And I want you to understand that. So we're, we're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start the story and give you all the different examples of this. I think it's really important to talk about because no one talks about it. When people are disappointed in you, 
and they tell you you are a disappointment, it is so hurtful and you can go into a spiral and it can destroy you, which is what happened to us. But don't let it destroy you. I want you to listen to this and and know that you are a good person, that it's okay. Let me just get into it. Okay, so so guys, Matt's mom became ill rather quickly. And, you know, we, we talked with the family at least one or two times a week. We don't live in the same state. And this is, we've been talking to them once or twice a week for years. Since 2015. And so my mother re- recently became sick. So it was Matt's mom's birthday. And then a week later, she woke up and had to be taken to the hospital. We... We had these Saturday morning dates with them, the whole family, on the phone, and we would talk for sometimes two and a half hours, every Saturday, like clockwork. One Saturday, we called, and the phone kept being busy, and we could sense something had happened, and so the story goes from there. Um, From the hospital, we were talking to Matt's mom, and um, when things were getting really bad, and even from the beginning... She was saying she was ready to go. She wants to go. And the whole family was like, no, please don't go. No, no, no. And she was fighting with your dad, you know, saying, George, I told you I want to go. I don't know what the what words were said, but apparently it was it was not pleasant for your dad. I think he was being, like it ever could be. Well, I mean, was he yelled at? Like I'm. I'm sure he was. There was there was a lot of pain involved. Yes, of course. And so for a month and a half, there was extreme anguish for everyone, especially for your dad. And, you know, your dad is a planner. Your dad is a great provider. Your dad is one of probably the smartest people on the planet. Like literally a, a rocket scientist. Completely lives in the world of logic. But from a, you know, from a different mindset that, you know, our conversations had to be carefully critiqued before we had them, right? Like your mom would be the buffer. Like she would, she, she always was, you know, kind of reels him in like George, you know? (laughs) Well, yeah. It reminds me of, God, what was that Ben Stiller movie, Meet the Parents, yeah, where the mom would say muskrat when the, the father was starting to step out of bounds. It felt like my mother performed that role. She didn't say muskrat, but she might as well have. Yeah, she, she didn't have a code word, but she would say George, you know. <laughs> Lord. So, all right, so we were talking, and she specifically said, and we didn't want to anyway because we... We have our own beliefs and everything, but she said, I don't want the girls to see me this way, so don't come. And so, anyway, and because of everything you went through, Matt, we were not only experiencing your mom's experience, but we were reliving what happened with you in 2015, and so, and so were the girls. So like all these things came back. When 2015, I was, I was in the hospital. Things were looking terrible and I'm fine now, but yeah, things were looking terrible. Yeah. Matt had a miraculous recovery, but basically he, he, he I think you did die, right? 
you kind of crossed over a little bit. Well, it was bad, guys. I don't even want to talk Anyways. about it because I still have insomnia because of it. Like, I can't sleep. It was trauma, to say the least, for the whole, you know, for the girls, for me, for you, obviously. Um, so we we couldn't revisit that because we're still living through the trauma of what we experienced. And we tend to, because of especially because of what happened, we don't, we try not to put too much emphasis on the physical things you know like even christmas gifts or birthday gifts and stuff like that we're not about just the gift the the per, you know the physical thing we're about experiences we're about you know not holding on to the physical form too much and trying to be more light about it on many levels so that's why one, because of the trauma, neither one of us could handle seeing your mom like that. And two, it just, it, it wasn't, it wasn't healthy for the girls. It was not healthy for you. And also we were able to call several times a day and be there and provide levity for the situation. So we were right there as opposed to like what we'd be there, we'd be in the way, we'd be like constantly like just driving back and forth whereas if we're on a call there's no crying the girls were like losing it the whole time you know but when they were on the phone they were the the granddaughters that were like hi grams hi gramps you know hello uncle jeff you know whatever like but you know what i mean it was like what they needed was for us to be light for us to be there with them at an instant you know, instead of the driving back and forth. I'm I'm still making excuses because of what was said to us. So I'm trying to explain to you all. And I'm sure maybe some of you are looking at us like we're evil for, for saying, okay, well, we're not going to go be by her bedside, right? So this is how the story starts. Am I saying it okay? Am I like talking too much right now? You're good. All right. So what happened was, things started to escalate with your mom with her health and she was no longer coherent like we couldn't understand what she was saying and they they had her in hospice care and i think the hospice care worker had her own beliefs in what should be done right like um the entire family needs to be here right now and so she it's a long story, but basically we felt like, wow, she fully expressed to us what she wanted, you know? And then all of a sudden there's the caretaker saying, you want them here with you, right? And she would mumble something. And then the word yes was made to come out like, yes, you know what I mean? And then that led to Matt's dad saying, okay, guys, I want you to come right now. And so we, we, I mean, in that instant, while he was still on the phone, I like was like telling the girls, grab the luggage. So they brought all the luggage down. I'm like, okay, go take showers. So we're not going to have the ability to take showers for a couple of days, maybe, because we're going to be on the road traveling, get trying to get there. We don't know where we're going to stay. So like, get ready, get like your everything ready. And we did. And while they were doing that, I was on the airline trying to find tickets basically would have cost us like five thousand dollars to go that day and we would have had to 
figure out what to do with your job. You didn't even tell your job what had happened until days later after your mom actually passed away. So no, right? no, 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 that's, that's not entirely true. I did tell key people what was what. Yeah, but the crew didn't know. So when you're experiencing hardship, the whole crew didn't know because they weren't sharing that experience. You didn't tell everyone what was really happening. Right, because it's very hard to describe. So you tell the key people and you expect foolishly that people actually talk and people don't anymore. But you assumed that they would and they didn't, okay? And so what happened was after making all the reservations and all that stuff and, you know, it's not like we have a ton of money. So $5,000 was a big chunk and that was just for, I think, airline tickets Right. for that day. So um, we got on the phone with your dad who had gone out to lunch. So we didn't know who he was sitting with. We do know we were on speaker probably, Right. Probably. And so, well, you know, it was the first time I think you cried in front of your parents. Well, I think twice hard. in your life you've cried in front of them. It was hard. As an adult. So you were crying to your dad, trying to plead with him. Please understand. I don't think it's a good idea for me to come, for us to come, for the girls to come, for us to come. And he basically said that you're a disappointment. And I'm very disappointed in you is what he said. I'm very disappointed in you. And so, okay. You know, we immediately knew hurt people are hurt. You know, he's in a lot of pain, but he's just the kind of person also that has no filter that he could have a little bit of Asperger's maybe that was never a diagnosed. I mean, just the, the word, this man, the way he speaks is, quite offensive racially on all levels for me like it's really hard to have a conversation like the patriarchy is strong with this man as well as racial issues from his perspective um so whatever then we felt like okay here we are again once again the outcasts of a family we've been there before this is why there was a big rift with us in the in the past. So it's like, wow, here we go again. Um, so dealing with all this, and I, another thing I, I want to say that was brought up through this whole story was, have you ever had a friend that speaks about you in not the greatest of ways? I think we all have. We all have had the feeling of people talking behind your back. And there are friends who do that constantly. And you always know when you meet people that they know, when they look at you, you see the hatred from their eyes. And these people don't even know you. They've never spoken to you. But you can tell in an instant, the first time they actually physically lay eyes on you, mm-hmm. that, oh, wow this person has preconceived notions of who they think I am. And that happens a lot with your dad's friends, your family friends that have never met us. But when they do, you can see that judgment all over them. And it's not my imagination, guys. Like, you can tell. Wow. There's hate. Or there's, 
I don't know. The only word I can think of is hate. What what would it be? Do you know what I'm talking about, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so much of it is um, because they do talk, because they express themselves, because they... Only from their own perspective. And, well, and that's just it. What other perspective do they have? When we talk, we, we give our perspective and another person's perspective. I've always done that. When I was in therapy as a teenager... I always gave my family's perspective first. And then I said my perspective. But that's how I roll. That's how I do it. And, you know, once again, assumptions. I assume most people are the same way. I don't know. So, all right. So we fly down. Matt's mom passed away, guys. We fly down, get everything taken care of. We're, we're there. We're there. We're suited up in our best clothes. And, I mean, we didn't have best clothes, but we bought best clothes. Ellen Allegra were in suits. I was in a suit. You were dressed up. Shoes shined. Allegra was wearing a 16-piece suit. <laughs> you know, the, the suit, the vest, the jacket, the trousers, the tie, the pocket handkerchief, the, the coat, the whole thing totally beautiful Elle was in a suit I was in a suit totally like respectable respectful we're standing there we're at the funeral outside and before we walk to the actual church we're walking across the parking lot and I look inside the it it was like on the outskirts of the church there was a room or something before you go into the chapel area and there was a man in the dark doorway. Guys, I don't know how to describe this to you, but I felt like I was watching the days of our lives. Soap opera. Because this guy was just kind of like staring at us across, across the parking lot. And I said to myself, please, God, don't, don't let that be the preacher or the priest, whatever they, they call them in that particular religion of that church. And... Um, I'm like, he can't be it because he felt <laughs> guys. I've had Tourette's about this for ever since we came back home, like Tourette's. And I'm afraid to say the things that I actually said describing this person because I don't want to offend anybody, but sloppy was one of the words that's in there describing this person and unceremonial, um, it, it was just weird. And the way he was glaring at us, I'm like, okay, well, it's probably my imagination. So we kept walking. I'm holding on to you guys. We're holding hands. And we stand, we, we saw your, your sister. And she said, don't go in there yet. Okay, fine. We're going to be outside. Um, it was an open casket. And they're like, she's like, don't, don't, just don't. I'm like, okay, no. We're, we're not attached to the physical. We don't need to see that. You know what I mean? Like, I, it, it's, it's, it's okay. It's right. not necessary. It's not necessary because we still feel her. I, I was dreaming about her. I've been, you know, we're, we're still, we don't, because again, because of the experience that we have had in our lives, we try to not focus on the physical, that we don't think that there's a separation and we try to hold on to that especially after what happened with you, Matt. So we're standing outside. We're greeting people that are coming in. 
people are kind of ignoring us. And again, whatever, it's not about us, it's about everybody else, right? So we're not going to take anything personally until that priest or whatever he is, what do you call him in that religion? Pastor. The pastor comes, I'm like, oh my God, it is him. That's the guy who's heading this whole thing up. Fine. And um, he says hello to everyone, ignores us. And then he mad dogs. What is what does mad dog mean? We always use that term. I really don't know what it means. It's just like a stare down with almost you can feel you can feel the growl. Now if when it's with a person you can't hear the growl, but you feel it, like the bearing of the teeth and the So it's a term that we use when we go out in public. Sometimes we can feel that with people and we always use the term mad dogging. He's mad dogging me. Or this person mad dogged me. So he began mad-dogging our kids. He looked at Allegra, which is our youngest, right? And in her full-on respectable suit and tie that she was wearing, all adorable, adorable. Yes, she's all girly, but she's all like, that's her style, that's Elle's style. You know, that's kind of my style too right now. And so mad dogged us just wouldn't even look at us in the eyes just looked at our suits up and down like he was smelling foul something foul like smelling something bad didn't even say hello he knew your name whatever so i'm speeding it up we're at the ceremony we're sitting in the front row and he spoke and spoke and spoke and then when it came down to talking about your mom's kids, of course. He gets to you. He's like, uh, what's your name? Mark? Uh, uh, he, he, he said two M names, but Matt. I'm like, okay, guy, I know you know his name. What is that about? Anyway, it was just, it felt sloppy to me. And then when he was done, he came towards us. He had to cross our path. So I said to him, Thank you for the service. He wouldn't look at me and he kind of, he mumbled something and he walked on. I'm like, wow, okay, buddy. So that's our experience. Now this pastor, was that what you call him, a pastor? The family loves him, which is great because they need someone. They need someone to be in their circle. Perfect. But like, this is what happens when you talk smack about people. And even a pastor should, you would think, would have the grace and the love. Isn't that their work? To be about love and embrace everyone and realize there are many perspectives to something. And you are a grieving child as well. Have the decency to look at us as human beings. I mean, and then I started going all over the place. I'm like, is this a racial thing? Because obviously we're the darkest people here. Is it because my background is not Christian? I'm Jewish? What is it? What is it? What is Anyway, and then I stopped myself and I thought, you know what? Let it go. This is about these people. They're all in pain. Even the pastor, obviously, because he doesn't have the capacity for love. Okay? And so we were sitting there and behind us is the church and all the people that are in it. And I swear to you, all I kept hearing was whispering because, you know, everybody whispers in church, but it was a weird whisper. And because 
of our situation because of our like so much gossip about us in particular like you you and me Matt and the girls and because we're so different we're an interracial family we were on the outs with the family for a few years and I'm sure everyone got to hear about that from only their perspective like we were just rotten kids that did them wrong god knows i don't know but like i turn to l and all i have to do is just look at the kids and they know that i'm looking at them so they always look at me like yes we communicate through our eyes Mm -hmm. and we had our masks on and everything so i look at l and i said two words the whispering and she looked at me and she i could tell she was smiling and she's like church gossip (laughs) (sighs) i'm like baby girl yeah (laughs) so it's not just me like we could feel you know the whispering was um it was intense and it's intense to have your back to it and there's nothing you can do but sit with your back to that you're very vulnerable to have your back against the enemy. So that's what happened. And we just want to talk about the the fact that hurt people hurt. Watch out when people make things about themselves. The sloppiness, the judgment that people hold, the inability to hold ceremony. We go through life, everything is ceremonial. Making a cup of coffee is ceremonial. Making food is ceremonial. Everything, death is a ceremony, birth is a ceremony, but, oh, weddings are a ceremony. We've talked about our wedding ceremony and how beautiful it was, but how there was a brawl in the midst of it, two brawls, and how people take the opportunity to use ceremony as a means of retaliation, as a means to letting out all the garbage out and flinging it around like you're at the zoo trapped in a cage do you know what i mean matt is just staring at me i have no idea what he's thinking i'm just letting her go folks i'm almost done i'm (laughs) almost done but you know having the grace for understanding of a pain other than your own not holding on so much to the physical just let it go let go of the past harms let go of the preconceived notions that people have on you it's not yours to hold on to just let it go i do not accept delivery right people can give you gifts you don't have to accept it you can say thank you oh you don't have to take it i'm just thinking just the small amount of time that we experienced what we experienced at this particular ceremony i felt like it was really important for me to talk today to you all about when people express disappointment in you be it you're not the sex that they wanted you to be you're not living the life they have planned out you don't match anything that resembles their life you have a sexual orientation that doesn't match the church's idea god knows the list is infinite i want you to know that you're not alone that we all receive that kind of judgment from other people and it's really incredible to me i i love all religions i do i studied all religions i respect them all to a point when they start misbehaving and saying what god deems acceptable that's just man's perspective man the patriarchal perspective the human physical form, the limited 
view of life perspective. I'm here to let you know. Please remember the beautiful light that you are. And that's it. Matt, what do you want to say? I may jump in there again, by the way. (laughs) See, versus me, my experience with the whole thing, because I grew up Lutheran, um, and I, I always carry myself around in a little bubble. And I always talk about my theory of the onion and how there's so many layers. So, you know, I only present outermost very tough layers of the onion. So my experience was completely different. I didn't hear people gossiping. I didn't, I wasn't focused on that. I was focused on what was actually going on and, you know, ignoring everything else. And, you know, that's, Maybe that's just a defense mechanism and maybe that's just, who knows, who cares? To me, it wasn't about any aspect of anything and other people's judgment. It was about the ceremony. It was about the experience. It was about the grief. It was about the, it was about my mom. It wasn't about these random people. Don't care. Really don't care. And honestly don't care. So that's me. But in, just be careful with your words out there, folks. Because the problem is, is my dad said you are a disappointment, not that's very disappointing, or I'm disappointed that you're not coming. He said you are a disappointment. Damn. Because that's his attempt to define my entire being versus defining an action. So just be careful. Be careful at work. I was told very early on by somebody who wasn't particularly wise, but God, he nailed this one. You never say, you know, you're bad. You say the work you did today was bad because it's inherently different. You're not ascribing value to the person. You're ascribing value to the work the person produces. It's entirely different. So yeah, don't say you're a disappointment. It's just wrong. And yeah... It's funny. I thought the show today would be all about ceremony, but no. Well, no, it, it, I just had to give the background I info. I know. I was just, it, it should be about ceremony. I, I was a lot more focused on what ceremony is. Well, let's get into ceremony. What is ceremony? Well, ceremony is, in this case, ceremony is <clears throat> an action performed only formally with no deep significance. That's one of the definitions. Are you kidding me? That's one of the that's definitions. The definition? of, that's one of the definitions. That it's is like, a horrible it's like definition. It's like 2B. That is a horrible, wrong, inaccurate definition. Uh, Once again, what? It's a conventional what? social gesture or act of courtesy. Hmm. So shaking hands as a ceremony doesn't mean necessarily mean anything see i think that's written by the patriarchy for well, me again it's like a second third definition come on all right it's not the first right, definition fine. go ahead and just i was very focused on what ceremonies are and mm-hmm. they kind of to me it kind of broke into kind of three three basic ceremonies opening ceremonies closing ceremonies and interestingly enough and it's probably there's a better term for it, but I just describe it as like the tea ceremony, Japanese tea ceremony, mm-hmm. because it's it's its own thing versus an opening ceremony. An opening ceremony for us is like a birth. It can be, you know, um, 
and and we get into sticky tricky stuff because there's an opening and a closing all at once when you graduate from you know a school because you're closing this and maybe opening and you are opening something else so that's where things get difficult and of course there's opening ceremonies for you know stores there's typically not closing ceremonies for stores but you know the there's a closeout sale that that's a ceremony doesn't count yes it does 75 percent everything must go yay lord (laughs) anyways and and that's just kind of where I was coming to it from. I mean, there there's some ceremonies have deep significance, but typically that deep significance is invested by the people who are doing it. So like a baseball game has an opening ceremony. Dun, dun, dun. And uh, a lackluster, I think, closing ceremony. But the opening ceremony, they announce the players, and maybe the players come out on the field. It's been a while since I've been to a baseball game. But it's certainly in football they do this. And then a closing ceremony, you know. Thank you for coming, folks. Bye-bye. But, um, you know, it. yeah, again, the investment is from the people involved, the participants. And if you're there to gossip, then you're going to have a action performed only formally with no deep significance. Right. If you choose that, then that's what you're going to have. Now, me, I had a lot deeper of a significance, the uh, pastor notwithstanding, because, yeah, he was sloppy. And, you know, everything is ceremonial. For example, when we give gifts or when we receive gifts, we don't just tear. Well, I guess tearing of a present is ceremonial, too. But, like, with us, Matt, the girls and I, We'll get a present and we'll meticulously slowly open it without hurting the wrapping. And we first marvel in the shape of it. You know, we hold it. Well, I got to guess what it is. And then we, we like look at different angles of it and we say thank you many times. We don't just tear into it. But if that's your ceremony, that's perfectly great. This is our way of ceremony with a present. Well, like anything you do is what I'm trying to say is ceremonial. Everything should be done with reverence, with thought, with mindfulness. Well, everything you do should be mindful. Because the other thing I wanted to talk about is, so my best friend told me from the beginning that I should go. I should go. I should go. He didn't say, he said, I think you'll be sad if you don't i think if there's any unfinished business you should you should go and i heard him and i made sure he understood that i heard him but he let it go and again this is his perspective he would have been sad not to go he chooses to live life the way he does because his way of ceremony completely different than ours right right and it's like i was trying to equate it to in a lighthearted way like the prom everyone always said Go to the prom, you'll regret it for the rest of your life if you don't go. And I always knew in my heart, no, I will not regret it. I don't want to go. And because the whole society was like telling me, Fawn, you need to go to the prom. You will regret it forever. (laughs) So I got, I paid money. I had my hair done. I paid money. I got a dress. I paid money to you know, pitch into this big limo with my friends, you know, all this stuff. And the whole time I was like, I could have used this money because, you know, first of all, you guys know my story, but like I was on my own right after graduation. I was on my own. 
getting myself to college, paying for my own college, paying for my own rent, everything. I'm like, wow, I could have used this money for that. And I didn't have a good time at prom because for the same reason, I didn't want to go because first of all, high school was not fun for me. Why would I go to a big expensive thing at night? You know, deep in my heart, I knew what was correct for me. It wasn't my ceremony. It's other people's ceremony. And it's other people's idea of what ceremony should be. And that was a great lesson for me. It was financially expensive, but it was also spiritually a very expensive lesson to learn. You know, society could be telling you this, but if you know in your heart, if you know in your soul what is right for you, you need to go with that. So I went to the prom. I realized I was right. I shouldn't have gone. But I learned that. and I'm grateful for that lesson. However much I paid for it, it was worth it for me to gain that understanding. That society could be telling you what's right, but you know what is right and correct for your life. And that's my message. Do you want to go on with ceremony? I'm good. Follow your heart, folks. You're a good person. You're a good person. Just because you don't live life the way people expect it of you. Don't let that hurt you. Don't let that make you feel less than. You are not less than. You are an amazing light in the world. Usually when people express disappointment, really everything comes to how they feel about themselves, how they feel about their circumstances in life. Because Think about it. When you're really at peace, when you are good with your life and someone does something that is not in sync with how you live, are you disappointed in that person really? You kind of let it go and you would have compassion for that person while saying to yourself, wow, you know, they don't see it the way I see it. They don't maybe have my perspective. And that's it. You don't stomp on the person and say, that they are less than is just a different perspective and especially as a friend or as a parent to have the capacity to just be good with your own life and your own decisions and respect other people's decisions and not let it hurt you much like i'm telling you do not let the actions of the ones that are disappointed hurt you and dim the light that is you and your life and I'm, as i'm saying this i'm kind of hoping that you all are still our friends and you're not looking at me like I'm some evil person. But again, you've got to let go of that aspect. I know, but I'm just telling you how I feel anyway. I know, I know. Because I, I I do want approval. We all do. And it hurts when we don't get it. It hurts when people don't understand our choices. That is true. That is true, and I guess it's more baked into my DNA, certainly with regard to parental units and parental kind of social structures like church, for me to have a nice thick skin around it and not worry about it. That's just it, though. It's an outer layer skin, and deep down I know you. You have a kind and gentle heart that's very sensitive. That's true, but it never gets there. (sighs) It never does, honestly. Well. I mean, yeah, okay. Maybe it stung for a second, but my God, he has told me I'm a disappointment any number of times. And, you know, I can either choose to curl up in a ball or I can choose to be magnificent. And I'd much rather be magnificent. 
And that that just it it doesn't just go for parents, but that's where friendship starts. It's how we're raised by our families and how we are grown, how we grow within families and how we're treated in families is the setup for how we treat our friendships out there in the world. <sighs> I'm letting you know, friend, that you are magnificent and you are loved and you are a great light and even a greater light. If you're living life in a way that most people are not, if you're living life to a tune that you have created, you're making beautiful music and people may not understand it. They may not understand how to dance to it, but guaranteed they will. Just keep going and you'll find us. You'll find ones that can groove with you and understand and respect you and can appreciate your style of music. That is you. That's it. I do wish though, because I don't curse on the air, that you could have heard all that I said. Oh yesterday. dear. <laughs> it felt good. It felt good to just release it and be so blasphemous because... In the traditional sense of the word, I suppose. You know, because, well, I, w- I, I didn't say anything about God. I just said something about some sloppy person that was putting on some garb <laughs> that's supposed to be a representative of, you know, it's ridiculous. It is just, like I said, you know what? Let's do a whole series on the art of the ceremony because, I mean, I'm not Lutheran, but the whole time I was like, let me up there. I would like to hold ceremony. Let me have it. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, really? This is your job, man. Wow. Anyway, I hope this is one reason I'm glad that your family doesn't know we have a podcast. Oh, dear. I hope they haven't Googled us. And if you have, sorry. Hey. If you're listening. <laughs> we love you so much. Thank you for listening. Please let us know what you think. Reach out to ourfriendlyworldpodcast.com. Talk to you in a few days. We love you. Careful with your with with saying you are anything. And accepting. Don't accept. Words have power. Yes, they do. Good and bad. Love you. Talk to you later. Be well. <laughs>